Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhyme. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off.
One of the things that blows me away about the system is how people fall upwards all the time in it. And I find this whole Biden, Harris, of course, Dr. Jill administration, even though it's brand new, I find the Kamala Harris part of it to be so fascinating for, for a variety of reasons. One, she really is constantly failing upward, constantly. She sucked in, in California. And then she became a senator. She was always rated one of the most left-wing senators, if not the most left-wing senator, depending on who's doing the grading. Not at all popular within the Senate. Not at all popular in her state. And then decides she's going to run for president. And I thought, okay, uh, all right. Maybe she'd have a shot at it. I don't know. I don't identify with the people who make up the Democrat base. So I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to love her. Maybe she's crazy enough for them to love her. And right off the bat, the media, of course, fell in love with her because she checks all the identity politics boxes. She's a woman and a black. and She's Indian, too. As if these things make her somehow a better person. But okay, media falls in love with her. She shoots up in the polls, and then she gets some TV time. And even the Democrat base gets a long look at her and says, no, no, that's, no, there's something missing there. Because there is, isn't there? There's something missing there. The woman just drips opportunist. It's seeping out of her pores. And yet, when all was said and done, remember, they cleared the whole field intentionally for Joe Biden, and she was chosen as VP. You notice I didn't say he chose her as VP. I think there were some very, very powerful people in this country, mainly donors on the Democrat ticket who loved Barack Obama, and possibly Barack Obama himself said, Joe, that's, that's going to be your VP. All right, so she's Joe's VP nominee. Okay. But then he wins. And not only does he win, he is, he's not doing well. I mean, he's not doing well. And I actually, as much as I despise leftists, I don't wish ill on anybody physically like that and certainly not mentally like that. Joe Biden looks worse and worse and worse every single day. And now he has, he's in the most stressful job in the world. Where he is right now medically, physically, mentally, whatever, whatever term you want to use for it, he's not going to make it four years. He's in the most stressful job in the world. You remember there were reports all the time Donald Trump would work 20-hour days sometimes. When you're where Joe Biden is, you need 20 hours a day of rest. You need care. You need a calm environment. You need, I mean, you can't, it's awful. It's awful. Okay, so let's just acknowledge, not only was Kamala a bad senator, I mean, her beginning was rocky, to put it mildly, then she was a bad senator. She was a bad presidential candidate, so bad her poll numbers free-falled, and yet she somehow gets to be VP. This woman is going to be president of the United States. That's why it fascinates me so much. I still can't, it doesn't seem real. I can't wrap my mind around it. That woman is going to be president of the United States. So I thought it would be appropriate tonight to just, just go over some things again about Kamala Harris. And there's nothing, there's nothing real about her. I mean, I brought up a second ago how she, you know, has these far left policies. I don't even know that she has those. There's nothing authentic about her. I don't know who she is. And that probably creeps me out more than anything else. You remember the whole 
Land of the Fwee story. You remember how that got started? I know you love the T-shirts, the Kamala Harris Land of the Fwee shirts. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a link for that a little later on in the show. I'm glad you love them. Keep buying them. Thank you. But you remember how that began, right? This was her on Jimmy Fallon. This is how that began. Well, I was in a stroller. <laughs> I was in a stroller. And um, so I was out there. And in fact, my wow. mother used to have a very funny story about I was fussing. And, and and she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, and this is how she would say it. And she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, freedom. <laughs> Look at Jimmy, too. <laughs> That's so funny. Only... None of that was real. She ripped off Martin Luther King Jr. of all people. By the way, kids, for future reference, don't plagiarize anybody. Just come up with your own stuff. It's, it's a lot better. That's one. But two, if you're going to plagiarize somebody, try to make sure it's somebody not quite as famous as Martin Luther King. Here was his story. Quote, I will never forget a moment in Birmingham when a white policeman accosted a little Negro girl, seven or eight years old, who was walking in a demonstration with her mother. What do you want? The policeman asked her gruffly, and the little girl looked him straight in the eye and said, feed him. (laughs) Kamala Kamala just rips that off. And I don't want to laugh it all off. Uh, You're going to find me laughing at inappropriate times a lot over the next four years because that's how I deal with things that absolutely suck. And it's going to suck for a while. But something, something that's really not funny. You remember, I mean, I haven't forgotten... You remember what Antifa and Black Lives Matter did this summer, right? I mean, for a lot of us, for most of us, it was stuff we saw on the news. I mean, you tune into my show every night in, in horror, businesses burning, people dying. It was just, just terrible stuff, absolutely terrible stuff. And you, you and I watched all this. This woman, this woman, well, here's what she did. Take it from her. Quote, this is in the middle of them burning and looting and everything. Quote, if you're able to, Chip in now to the MN Freedom Fund, that was Minnesota, to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. That's right. The woman who's going to be president of the United States of America was promoting a bail fund for people burning down Minneapolis. It seems like we're in the twilight zone, right? Oh, This is about the Capitol riots from same woman. Quote, we have witnessed two systems of justice, one that let extremists storm the U.S. Capitol yesterday and another that released tear gas on peaceful protesters last summer. It's simply unacceptable. That's weird. I mean, I thought thought a riot was the voice of the unheard and all that nonsense they trot out every time. I guess... I guess you're allowed to riot when you're tearing through small businesses and shooting great men like David Dorn in the head when you're stepping into the Capitol building. Well, that, then it becomes sacred, right? right? And it, it's more than that. It's more than just that. She has no position you can nail down on anything. You, you can't nail her down. This is Kamala Harris when they're trying to win Pennsylvania, mind you. They're, they're trying to win Pennsylvania at this point in time. This is what she said. Quote, Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. Oh, but wait. Now he's president. Here's this headline. Quote, Biden administration. Yes, we are following through with a fracking ban. There's no way 
There's no way to wrap your arms around this woman. And she's going to be president. And you've seen, I mean, you've seen recently. Uh, well, remember, these are people who have the military's back, right? Quote, Joe Biden knows firsthand the sacrifices members of our military and their families make for our nation. As president, he will always have their backs, just as they've had ours. Well, that's weird, because I have this picture of the National Guard. You remember seeing this recently? When they had a little spat with some Democrat, and they tossed them out like trash and threw them in a parking garage? Oh, and not only is she terrible, the media is going to lap it up. And what's hilarious, people forget about this because the media fawned over Barack Obama so much. Obama legitimately treated the media like garbage, as in wiretapping them and having them arrested. You remember that whole bit with Cheryl Atkinson, CBS? I believe this is still being litigated where she thinks Obama's DOJ hacked into her computer. Like, that's that's a big deal. Kamala Harris, she gets a cover of Vogue. And apparently... Her people agreed on a specific outfit, and Vogue ran a different color, a glowing profile, mind you. Kamala Harris sitting there, and I don't know, I don't remember what she was wearing, I don't know what to call it, wearing something, and Vogue agreed to change the cover. That's how much they lap up these Democrats. They agreed to change the color. So, what's real? You know, I had a guy one time. He was a business guy. He was a friend of mine. And I asked him what his hiring process was because I'm always fascinated by hiring. You know, hiring. And who do you hire? Are you looking at resume and stuff like that? And you know what he told me? He said, honestly, I don't look at resume that much. I mean, I want to see if there's, you know, some work history there and whatnot, see that they check a couple boxes. I more want to know what kind of person they are. And honestly, it took me back. I was young and dumb. I said, well, how are you supposed to know that? How, how do you know what kind of person they are? Well, because they're, they're nice to you in the interview? They're, they want a job? Of course they're going to be nice. He said, no, 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 no. No, what you do is you go have dinner with them. You go have dinner with them at a place you know well, where they know you. And you watch how they interact with the wait staff, how they interact with the little hostess girl in the front, how they treat people, how they treat the other patrons as they're coming in and going out. Did he hold the door open? Yes, ma'am. No, sir. He just let it slam in some old lady's face while he was trying to talk to you and oppress you. He said, you figure out a lot about people by how they treat people they don't have to treat well. And if that's our measure for Kamala Harris, we probably shouldn't forget this former campaign staffer of hers who said, this is my third presidential campaign, and I have never seen an organization treat its staff so poorly. Uh-oh. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got some great guests for you tonight. We're going to talk about some Kamala Harris. Hang on. Again, I don't know what this woman stands for. Or if she stands for... This was Kamala Harris on 420. I'm not making that up. This happened on 420. I don't, don't email the show. It's, it's the facts of the matter. 
On 420, Kamala Harris was pleading to legalize marijuana. Quote, the Senate must pass my Marijuana Opportunity Act to legalize marijuana at the federal level and expunge nonviolent marijuana-related offenses from the records of millions who've been arrested or incarcerated. Too many lives have been ruined by these regressive policies. Only I would like to introduce that Kamala Harris to the Kamala Harris who, quote, Kamala Harris packed California's prisons with pot peddlers. That's right. She was putting all these people in jail. So to talk about that and other things is the host of All American Radio with Jennifer Kearns. Jennifer Kearns. Jennifer, what is Kamala Harris? What does she actually believe? Well, Jesse, I'm not sure Kamala Harris actually knows what she believes. And if you introduce those two different Kamala Harris's to each other, I actually don't think they would like each other very well. Uh, Here's a a woman who served as DA in San Francisco, America's most liberal city, uh, claimed that she supported legalization, but put over 1,500 people in jail for that exact crime. Uh, Here is also a person who says she believes in open borders. Uh, She she didn't like the Trump border wall. Um, They, along with Joe Biden, dismantled the Trump border wall on day one through executive order. But she also had a history in San Francisco as the DA of putting truant illegal immigrant children in jail. So this is a woman who I think when she looks in the mirror, uh, doesn't quite know who's looking back at her because her policies are, are actually very different. Uh, than what she says her policies are. Which one's more real? Because honestly, to hear you say it, she sounds like one of these prosecutors who wants to throw anyone in jail, but then got to the Senate and realized the best path to be a Democratic president one day is to be as hard left as you can possibly be. So now she just does whatever is as hard left. Is that maybe accurate? That's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris is an opportunist. Uh, I think that is fair to say. I'm not being a, a nasty woman by saying that. But uh, I think you can look at her track record and you can see that. Uh, this is a woman who dated, according to uh, her own admissions and Willie Brown's own admissions, dated a married Mayor Willie Brown in the Bay Area uh, and got really her first two political appointments through Willie Brown. And uh, Kamala Harris would not be in politics today if it had not been for Willie Brown, she would not have become DA in San Francisco. Willie Brown stated that in the San Francisco Chronicle and a great piece he did about that. Uh, and and here's the thing. Uh, once she took the helm at the DA's office in San Francisco, guess who her first call was uh, the day she became DA in San Francisco? She called Willie Brown, and according to Willie Brown's column in the San Francisco Chronicle, she said, don't come into my town. If I so much as see you jaywalking in my town, I will have you arrested. So that gives you a good idea of where Kamala Harris's headspace is. This is a woman who rode off the coattails of her then married boyfriend for many, many years and then turns around in the office that she gets into because of him and basically says she's going to commit retribution against him. Again, there is this tale of two Kamalas that emerges where I don't even think she really knows who she is at the core of her soul, if she has one. Is this Kamala Harris, Willie Brown thing something that's just known? I mean, our national media would never cover it for obvious reasons, but in California, is this something just everybody knows? Yeah, it's pretty... pretty much up there with the folklore, except that it's true. And as I said, you know, these aren't even my own uh, speculations. Willie Brown wrote about it in a famous column for the San Francisco Chronicle. 
And it was titled, yeah, I dated Kamala Harris, so what? And that was sort of Willie Brown's way of saying, everybody knew it. Everybody saw us at events together for years. I was married at the time, but apparently had some agreement with my wife. Whether or not that was true or not, we will never know. But there is this part of Kamala that does use people, and she uses these people in politics as a sort of stepping stone to get to her next position. Now, I just happen to wonder what she's using Joe Biden for. You know, we see all the reports that she's going to be the right-hand person to Joe Biden in the vice president's office. She will turn on Joe Biden when the time comes, believe you me, because this is her character. Her old mentor, her old boyfriend, Willie Brown, says it, and a lot of people who've dealt with her over the years have said it as well. What's her Obama connection? The rumors are endless that Obama's people loved her, that her staff is packed full of Obama people. There's even a rumor, I cannot confirm this, so nobody take this to heart, that it was the Obama people who told Joe, that's going to be your VP nominee. What, why? What is this connection? Well, I thought you were going to say, like, she was the long-lost sister of Barack Obama or something. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think that she and Barack Obama have sort of the same style. They're both both very charismatic. They're both very media savvy. You talk to most of the media in California. These are people I worked with for the last 15 years. And as a conservative, I, I did get along with the press, I'm happy to say. Uh, we disagreed on basically nothing, but we had a cordial relationship, unlike the national press. Uh, but look, Kamala just has that sort of that uh, panache about her. She's very good with the media. She's she's very good with folks. I think uh, that reminds Barack Obama a little of himself. You know, he likes to fancy himself sort of a, a media star. And I think, I think he, uh, she just reminds him a lot of himself. All right, I'm asking everybody tonight, Jennifer, how long you give Joe? I don't think anyone's under the impression Joe lasts four years. They're gonna have to toss him out back at some point in time. How long? Well, I was thinking a year. However, I watched him very closely on Inauguration Day. I mean, he is spunkier than expected, or either that or they pumped him full of Prevagen, you know. But but I, I do think that it's possible that the American people got completely tricked here. He might have more faculties than we actually thought. The basement ruse might have actually been just sort of a a way of keeping him under wraps while they just hammered Trump on COVID and all the other things. Um, but, you know, in terms of mental faculties, he's already slipping. We saw that when he attacked the reporter and said, you know, give me a break, man. That's on day one. If that's happening on day one, I can't wait to see what the hundredth day of Joe Biden getting uh, sunken into by the press is going to look like. But uh, maybe a year, but uh, they'll, they'll prop him up. They'll start putting Kamala out there like Weekend at Bernie's and uh, and we'll see We'll see a, a unique administration, I think, for sure. It, it won't last the total four years. Aren't they taking a huge risk taking somebody who's as unlikable as Kamala and having her be the next? I mean, look, she's running as, in 2024. She just is if she's president by then. Isn't that a big risk? Well, look, they might be uh, grooming her, so to speak, uh, putting her, you know, under Biden for a bit so he, she can sort of get mentored by him. You know, he was a very strong vice president. He was in on all of the, the big meetings and all the big policy proposal meetings with Barack Obama. And the word is uh, among the staff that uh, they're doing the same with Kamala. So, you know, will a year's time be enough to sort of reshape her image as a more serious figure, as a more friendly figure? Uh, time will tell, 
But as we've seen in California, you know, she has a way of coming out smelling like a rose every time she uses those political stepping stones to do so. So I think in the end, she has a very good shot at 2024 unless dismal things happen in the first four years. So to my Republican colleagues, I say, you know, we better get cracking. We better get back to the drawing board on what we're going to be doing in 2024. I know it's way, way, way too early to have this conversation, but who do you like for 2024? You know, I love Josh Hawley. Any guy who gets Antifa sent to his house, a nice privilege I've had myself. That's my kind of guy. And he didn't back down and he spoke about it publicly and he said he wasn't going to be intimidated. And, you know, millions of Americans watched him give those remarks and millions of Americans are sort of feeling that way too. Maybe they haven't had Antifa come to their house, but they've had their neighbors look at them a certain way or people, you know, look at them a certain way while they're out at a sidewalk cafe. And we know what happened to people at sidewalk cafes last summer. They got smashed and businesses got burned to the ground. So he's my guy in terms of being outspoken. I also like Senator Ted Cruz and I also like Senator Marco Rubio. And it'll be interesting to see really who comes along in the next 18 months to two years. You know, it won't be that long, Jesse, until we actually start having this real conversation and people start opening exploratory committees. So I tell Republicans out there and tell conservatives, we just have to hang in there two years. And in about two years time, after Biden and those guys have sort of broken everything in the China shop, we'll get to present our next leader for 2024. And I hope it's one of those guys or I hope it's somebody equally good or better. Amen. Jennifer Kearns, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. We're not done. Hang on. Let us remember now, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, they are, they are linked. She's in all the meetings. She loves Joe. She, she agrees with Joe, right? I remember this moment. It's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. Mm. Call me crazy. I don't think she was hurt. <laughs> Joining me now to talk about that and other things, Jennifer Van Lar. She's the deputy managing editor with redstate.com. Jennifer, I have to ask right away, you also dislike Kira Davis, right? Oh, totally and intensely. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? All right, Jennifer, what is, what is Kamala Harris? What does she believe? Whatever is going to be expedient at that moment, as we saw in the clip you just showed, I don't think she was really that hurt, like you said. And we've seen so many stories from her since then showing exactly the type of storytelling she does. She sounds so emotive and and she <laughs> feels so deeply. But most times that story turns out to be crap. What? 
Why does she still do it? Like, the, 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 I, I found it odd. I opened up the show talking about the stupid freedom story that she ripped <laughs> off from Martin Luther King. I, she ripped, ripped it off from Martin Luther King. Everybody said one of the most famous people in history. Why? I mean, why do they? Why do they do this? I think they think that we're all ignorant. And the same thing with her Kwanzaa story. Do you remember that? She had the no. whole story about how the Kwanzaas, when she was little, all the, the generations would gather around. Her family was in India and Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> and she was four years old when Kwanzaa started. You know? She thinks that none of us are going to check it. <laughs> okay. All right. What kind of what odds do you give Joe to make it a year? I mean, I don't know anybody that thinks he makes it a full or a full four years. And I'm 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 not, I'm not saying that to be mean. I don't want him to leave. I I I'd rather have him there than Kamala. But I'm Absolutely. genuinely concerned about this woman being president of the United States of America. How long do you give Joe? Uh, I think that she's already making a lot of the decisions. And how long he stays as the weekend at Bernie's figurehead? Six months to a year. Oh, geez. okay. How does her administration differ from his? She is relentless and brutal and vindictive. Oh, and she will use all the resources she has to get to those ends that she, whatever ends she wants at the time. Who knows if that's going to change? Okay. What ends does she want? I guess I'm trying to figure out who this woman is. Is she a, is she a gun nut? Is she a climate nut? Is it, uh, is it taxes? What is, what is her thing? She's over the years, she's had different focuses. So in California, she was definitely a gun grabber. She went back on when they had the assault weapon ban in California, there were a number of firearms that were grandfathered in. But when she was attorney general, she just said, eh, we don't care that that was the deal we made then. It's just all illegal now. And so you can't, that's why I always say people in California that have been dealing with this crap for decades, we know you can't negotiate with the Democrats because you give an inch and they smell blood in the water. How does she get to be district attorney of California? Because that is a big deal for people who aren't aware. That's the, you don't just walk into that office. How'd she get there? Well, uh, voter fraud is one. I know that you've had Scott Houtzel from Red State on your show before. So when Kamala ran for attorney general, he was working on the opponent's campaign. And on election night that year, uh, the opponent was ahead. And it was only through all of these ballots that were trickling in or recounts, like the same thing that we saw on election night this year, that eventually three weeks later, a month later, she was declared the winner. Oh, well, I'm glad we've exported that nationally now. Okay. These, this, this crazy stuff we've seen early on from the Biden administration, the, the, the right. Keystone Pipeline stuff. I need you to walk me through reasoning on some of this. I understand some of it is just leftists are insane. I get that. But that's quite a move for a president to just kill thousands of jobs day one. That I, I, even if you're a even if you really believe in climate change, that's kind of cutting out your own feet from under you. Explain it to me. Uh, it's a leftists are nut leftists are nuts thing. It's a pandering to that AOC Green New Deal base so that they'll hush a little bit. And just like with the transgender uh, lady man <laughs> from Pennsylvania being named. Um, into the administration. I can't remember which position now, but those are little things to just throw a crumb to the really active activist people so they'll be quiet. So then, then they can do what they want to do. I don't think Kamala cares about climate stuff. 
Okay, so why the Antifa riots? We've seen over the past week that these Antifa scumbags are still burning down places like Portland. They've, they even, I believe, vandalized the Democratic National Headquarters in Portland. Why? They got what they wanted. Oh, they haven't gotten near what they want. They want complete rule with all of their policies going on. And Kamala is a little more strategic than that. Um, I hate that I'm waking up in the morning and that she's vice president, but I've followed her since 2012 here. And that's been my nightmare this whole eight years that the rest of the country wouldn't see the calculation that she goes through. Explain the calculation. So someone four years ago, would you ever thought that she would be in this position? No. No, <laughs> but she, it, it, she was terrible in the primary. She was one of the first people out because everyone saw how unlikable she is, but somehow she was still able to get into this position. And a lot of it has to do with Gavin Newsom, her unholy alliance with him. They've been buddies ever since way back at the beginning when he was in San Francisco as the mayor and she was the attorney general. And they even worked in the DA's office at one point together. Jennifer Van Lar, redstate.com. Thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate you. Thank you. This is not good. We're not done. Hang on. Well, it's not just me saying that uh, Kamala Harris is going to be president pretty soon. <laughs> the betting odds for 2024 presidential election, Kamala Harris is a plus 350 and Joe Biden's a plus 400. I wonder, I wonder why. Joining me now to talk about her is my buddy Steven Cruiser. He's a stand-up comedian. He's also the senior columnist at PJ Media. Um... How long do you give Joe? I say a year. I say they hold him up for a year so it's not so obvious and then toss him out the back door. What say you? I've changed my position on this recently because originally I really thought they were just going to get him into office and then have some kind of faux COVID event take him out. And I kept saying that she would be president by March. That was my original estimate. Um, I really do think they want to keep him propped up now. And I think that's because... His wife is the one who wants the power right now, and I think the real struggle behind the scenes is between her and the vice president. Oh, explain. You think that, look, I could totally see there being a rift between those two, and I do think it's weird how Jill is with Joe everywhere, that she's with him everywhere. She's holding his hand around. It's odd. I've been writing since early last year that she wants to be Edith Wilson 2.0, except Edith Wilson, I think, was only running things in the background for a year. Um, and I think Jill just, it, it, cause you gotta look at it. I don't think he even wanted to run in this last election. I think this was all her. He's old, he's tired, we saw it. He's visibly gassed anytime he has to talk for more than five minutes. I really think that entire campaign was her. So I think the real power struggle, and I've written about it a lot, is between her and the vice president, and vice president Harris right now. What does Kamala Harris actually believe? I, I'm asking everybody that tonight because I, obviously she's all over the map on issues, but that's not abnormal for a politician. Do you think she's some hard lefty? Or do you think she's just whatever gets her to power? 
I would say the latter mostly. Um, you know, she was, I was still living in California when she became a senator there. And in California, it's a whole different animal if you're a Democrat. You really don't have to have any core convictions. You really don't have to be a good politician. You don't have to be good at retail politics, which she's awful at. You just have to meet the right money people. And once you've met the right money people, you're on a trajectory. It's just, it's that simple in California. They're, they're more anointed than they are elected. So she really didn't have to run as any kind of ideologue. I do believe because of her San Francisco roots that she's still kind of hardcore lefty at heart, but she will also do whatever she can because she is, her, her ambition is beyond naked. It's, you can see it. Do it. Do you, don't. Do, do you know why? Do we know why? Do we know why the Obama people love her so much? I understand she was Obama's pick and whatnot, but there is a real connection there. And remember, I'm sure you heard it too. The rumors were swirling before the primary that all his people were pushing her on him. Like they all wanted her. Why? I've never figured that out either because she's, you know, not well liked in the rest of the Democratic Party. Remember, she didn't even make it to 2020 in the primary. That's how bad she was. She had a brief moment in the sun during the summer of 2019. And then by September of 2019, the money people were leaving her in droves. So I, I, I've never quite understood why the Obamas like her so much. I don't know if there's any deep connection with them. And, and you know, Biden, by all accounts, wanted Gretchen Whitmer as his running mate. And and I believe so whoever forced Kamala Harris on him. What had to? It had to have been the Obamas. I, I can't because the party doesn't like her. Uh, why Gretchen Whitmer? I've always wondered that about Joe Biden. I just assumed she was universally disliked. But I mean, I realize she's a governor of Michigan. But why do you think Joe wanted that? Because I heard the same thing. I think he was looking more for the Midwest vote. Honestly, I mean, you know, Democrats don't need California. Why would you pick a VP running mate from there? Uh, so I. I I, to me, that seemed to make the most sense, you know, to go back into the Midwest, try to uh, gin up some support there because Trump had done so well there in 2016. Oh, and now, look, so how do you hide a president? I mean, you can only hide him so much. This is not this is not the Woodrow Wilson days. This is the modern era where you're expected at multiple speeches. You have to fundraise on behalf of your party. You you have events you have to do. You have to get up and give an hour long speech at the State of a Union. You can't just tuck this guy in the basement like they campaigned. How does one go about doing that? They limit the video exposure, as we saw during the campaign when he was in his basement phase. The media will go after any speech that he gives on the, on video and pick out the 17 words he managed to get out without screwing up, highlight those, <laughs> put those online, and then, you know, half the country believes that that, oh, look, he did well, you know, and then the part where he starts dog-faced pony soldier or whatever, they never, they you know, they never show that. So I think it's going to be a combination of um, using COVID as a smokescreen. Oh, it's dangerous to go out, Jesse. You know, you can't, can't be out in public. And, you know, the president doesn't want to get infected or infect. So they'll use that as a smokescreen for as long as they can. So expect the COVID panic porn to kind of go through the roof. I really don't think it's going to go away. And then it's going to be, I've written a lot about this in the last two weeks. The media water carrying is going to be, they're not getting time off because it's a Democrat in office. They're going to be working much harder now than they were before because they have to cover for this guy 24-7. So it's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of. Okay, this isn't what you're really seeing. <laughs> so I, I, that's what I think. That's how I think they're going to pull this off for a while, anyway.
Explain the media water carrying. Carrying. I understand they're all Democrats. I understand they're all leftists. Everyone, everybody knows that. But, I mean, there are still people who have to look in the mirror at night. And you just covered the last president like he was a Nazi dictator. And now we're already having questions. Are you changing the color scheme? Is Joe Biden wistful? I'm sure you've seen all these things in recent days. Why? Why is it so bad? It's a combination of... Um the machinations of the editors and producers in the mainstream media right now. And the young ones are all perfectly okay with being advocacy journalists. I mean, they're advocates, they're not journalists anymore. They're okay with basically being the propaganda wing of the Democratic National Committee, which is what they've become. And it's easy to prove that. It's been so bad in just these first 42 hours that Politico has already posted something that said, whoa, you're kind of over the top with Politico. <laughs> Politico during the Trump years was one of the most hateful news organizations out there. And generally they were, during the campaign, they were writing little love notes to Biden. And now they, they said, okay, the coverage from him for him was way over the top these first 24 hours. So it's, it's uh, it, 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 the problem is, and I really think this is taught in J schools too now. I, I don't think they're taught to be disinterested journalists. I think that this this full-throated liberal advocacy is part of academia now. That's just what they teach them. They just teach them you have to be an aggressive activist on behalf of the Democratic Party. That's actually what we're teaching kids in school. I don't think they say it like that. No. I think it's heavily implied. And then you you know you've got you, you know how modern college professors are. I mean, my daughter just graduated from college. They'll slip in their politics whenever they can. They think it's part of teaching now. So you you get, you know, four or five years of that and and that's the way they launch into the world, you know. If you, remember, okay, I'm older. When I was a kid, reporters never referenced themselves in the first person, ever. If they had to, they would say, this reporter. That was it. Never I, me, anything like that. It, it was a very different game back then. And they were still biased then. But now it's, you know, we saw with Jim Acosta during the Trump years. It's about him. It's not really about reporting. It's about him getting a book deal and selling books. So th I think that's where most of it is. And they look at him as an ideal now. Well, I can understand that. I mean, everything's about me. <laughs> well, I, me too, but I'm an attention whore stand-up comic. I'm not a journalist. <laughs> I, in all seriousness, does that problem, the media problem, I don't, we don't have to belabor the point, does it ever write itself? Is it ever so gross, so over the top, that even people who don't really pay attention, you know, they watch the news for 10 minutes at night, do they eventually think there's got to be something else and just ruin the whole industry because they leave? I always was hoping for a correction like that. You know, I was thinking like, okay, once this plays out, it's gonna get worse and worse, and then we'll eventually get the correction. I don't know that that's gonna do it itself. I think what's going to have to happen is like what we're doing now, everything in new media, digital media, fighting against them. And, and this is not this is a long game. I'm not saying we're gonna figure this out in a year or two, but we have to keep doing what we're, we're doing right now, not get deplatformed. And I think the longer that goes on, um, it, it, I don't think they'll ever correct themselves over there, but their influence will diminish. And there's also one last thing on that. A lot of the mainstream media power is still with the network news channels people don't realize that like every person who's my mom's age in america watches the network news and their numbers dwarf cable news millions upon millions upon millions and that is 
and I'm not, this is awful because I just mentioned my mom, but that's a demographic that's not going to be with us much longer, okay? I mean, nobody your age, nobody my age, nobody our kids' age are watching network news at night. I mean, I can't even name the three network news anchors right now. Um, and that was a thing everybody in America could do. So I, I, that is going to be bring about a huge demographic change for them. But I, I don't think that it'll ever correct themselves. I just think what we're doing is an emergent alternative, which will eventually diminish them. I mean, kneecap them a little bit. Maybe Breitbart used to say, let's destroy the Democrat media complex. I don't know if we're going to destroy it. I think we might um, neuter it, though. That will work, too. Stephen Cruiser, thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. We're not quite done yet. Hang on. watching this woman and I don't like what I see and I can't believe I'm saying these words now Lord forgive me I hope Joe Biden hangs on for a while not that I think he's going to be able to hold off his left flank and he's already doing all these radical terrible things but I think I'd rather take you know poor feeble old Joe Biden over whatever Kamala Harris is because Kamala Harris seems to be the ultimate opportunist and boy do we not need the op ultimate opportunist in the White House, that is not good. I would rather have you be genuinely terrible than be a blank slate where anybody can write anything on you. And I know you enjoyed those Kamala Harris Land of the Fui shirts. And remember, it has a picture of Elizabeth Warren on the back, and they say, Home of the Brave. <laughs> and yes, we have I, we, we had stickers of them and everything. You're welcome to go get them. Go to thefirsttv.com slash store. You'll find all of them there. Enjoy. we got several colors. I'll see you. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed 
design for his needs. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes. Our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to its programs. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse.